But yes, a lot of times there's like their name, their given Christian they went from name. Like Patrick to Benedictus or something like that. <laughs> well, that would be the Pope for sure. Yeah, yes, for that's sure, a Pope. For sure. <laughs> what was your name before you were the Pope, Steve? Steve. <laughs> Rodney, <laughs> Rodney, Pope, Pope Rodney. <laughs> that sounds like a really bad Kevin James movie. <laughs> oh my god, I want to see that movie now. <laughs> With Rob Schneider as like his like <laughs> as his like best boy or something. His best boy. <laughs> oh god, either that, either that, or like um, uh, what's the guy's name? He's in um, like he's bounded down. Um, oh, uh, Dan, Danny McBride. Yeah, Danny McBride is Pope Rodney. <laughs> <laughs> I would like laugh, but I'd watch that movie. I'd I'd watch it, and they'd probably make it funny. Mm-hmm. Walter Goggins is the Cardinal, unlike uh, Kevin James. You're right. Oh no, or <laughs> Kevin James. Welcome back to Raise a Mic, the Hamilton Revisit podcast. We are so excited that you are with us. We are walking through the whole show song by song and talking about our thoughts about it, our feelings, what we notice when we watch it on Disney+. And we all come at this musical from different standpoints. We all have different experiences with it. And it's really fun for us to walk through it together as friends and as colleagues now and people that have different experiences with this musical. So I am Audrey Goodwin. I'm one of the hosts and with me, I have Andy. Hey. And I have Josh. Hi. We're all hosts. I don't just have them with me. We're all here every week. Yes. And if you've been here every week, you know that. You do. We don't get carried in your pocket and you pull us out when it's convenient. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Um, So, yeah. So this week we were talking about Dear Theodosia, which is, in my opinion, arguably one of the most beautiful songs in Hamilton. But we'll get Mm -hmm. to that a little bit later. And just to set it up for you, the people that are singing are Alexander Hamilton and Aaron Burr. It's just the two of them, which is kind of unusual in this musical that there Mm -hmm. is is no ensemble backup. It really is a true duet between the two of them. And the place and time that we are, so in the show, it comes right after King George has just sung What Comes Next. And basically we know that the United States, we've won the revolution. We're stepping into learning how to govern ourselves. And at this moment, Actually, we looked it up in 1782 and 1783, Hamilton and Burr each fathered children. So that's what's happening. They're singing to their babies ostensibly or in their minds, maybe actually physically in space. We don't really know where they are, what room they're in, but that's what's happening in this musical at this point. So Hmm. I'm excited to talk about it. It's a different texture than pretty much anything we've heard so far or experienced. So it's Mm -hmm. good. It's pretty fun. And speaking of fun, Andy has a fun fact. Yeah. So this is a song about parents and or new parents. And um, you would think that when Lin-Manuel was writing this song, like he would write about his kid. His kid was written. His kid was written. His kid was born. (laughs) He wrote his child into existence. He wrote himself out. (laughs) 
<laughs> and, and I guess I should say wrote himself in. Yeah. So his kid was born in like mid 2014, which is when they were doing previews and stuff for the show. And uh, Lin-Manuel said, you would think I would write it about this, but actually I wrote it the week my dog was adopted. <laughs> <laughs> You're so I mean, excited listen, about his every, little doggo. Everybody loves their fur babies. So I can't yeah. Yeah, it's so true. And I'm curious if it's his first dog, if there's like a an extra special feeling mm. in his heart for that dog. We don't know, but yeah, that would make more sense to me. But also, if you're just a dog lover, like I get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, another fun fact is that I was watching Gilmore Girls, and lo and behold, did I see a young Leslie Odom Jr. What? on a panel? arguing against Rory Gilmore, who's supposed to be a Princeton, like editor of their paper. And I said, I heard that voice and I looked up, I said, that's Leslie Odom Jr. Come on now. <laughs> um, and he was the only apparently paid person on that panel because he and Roy like spoke back and forth. So he actually had a lot of lines, mm. uh, but that was a really fun little moment for me. I'm watching through the series again. So I was like, Hey, he's been around for a while. We just mm. didn't know about him like, nice. for yeah. a long time. I knew of him as a recurring like priest character on law and order SVU. Mm. Um, he's in multiple episodes. He plays the same like priest um in every episode that he's in and that's when i saw him in hamilton i was like wait a second that's that one guy guy from law and order (laughs) is he a good priest (laughs) um so like i don't i don't really i think in the context of the show he's supposed to be sort of like antagonistic to the cops like i mean that's just kind of the way this character is written um i don't really remember enough about the character to be like oh he's this or that well he Um, can't be that bad because he's in more than one episode Right. Well, right, but I think he's in more than one episode. I, he might be like, I don't know. There's like a, a through line in that show of like, here's a priest who helps like people on the streets, um, mm-hmm. and I think he might be one of those characters. But like, yeah. sort of in a like antagonistic like cops always hate everybody. Nefarious. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I saw him first on Smash. He plays mm-hmm. like this this side like evil character who's like uses his sexuality like like to attack like these other people like it's kind of i mean if you've watched smash you know it's kind of a piece of work and it's, it's kind of a lot um what does piece of work mean to you it's 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 a little messy mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a little messy it's a little messy like it it was a grand like just it was a grand like attempt at a massive television show uh-huh. about theater and about broadway and trying to be salacious but it kind of bit off more than it can chew um mm-hmm. at least what i remember i don't know if it's streaming anywhere i would love to see if it holds up um because yeah. i remember it to be kind of like trashy in like a good way but also it had like some really like awesomely bad moments yeah uh, one thing that i remember about that show i think it came out when i was toward the end of call like school for musical theater so yeah. i was like so inundated i just was like i don't need to see another thing about <laughs> musical theater yeah. uh but also just the idea that like katherine mcphee would win the role over someone who i know like in real life i'm like she is a freaking star like i don't yeah. know her personally in life but i know her work i'm like no every time especially we're casting marilyn monroe like go home like no yeah <laughs> you're too happening. tall you're too tall and too brunette for that role and sorry cannot Catherine. sing as well sorry no. <laughs> i like you but when you lose to taylor hicks in american idol like that's Ew. kind of not a great that's time. a deep cut 
I have, uh, I have no idea what's happening here. Uh, <laughs> Welcome I'm, back, Josh. <laughs> I, I blacked out for a second. Um, mm-hmm. Just like, this is not for me. I'm going to look It's okay. Around. We went back in time. Don't I'm gonna worry look about around him. the office. Anyway, so, so Hamilton. I'm going gonna... to bring you back, actually, because I Thanks. have a couple of more Yeah, fun more facts. fun facts. Mm-hmm. More Y'all, fun facts. I'm just, just ready. I'm just a wealth of knowledge. So did you know that bubble wrap was originally invented by engineers to be wallpaper? What? That they were like, we want to make some textured wallpaper to put on the wall that everyone can afford. And everyone was like, nah, we're good. And then three years later, that was in 1957. And then three years later, IBM said, hey, we need things to like protect delicate things while we ship them. And so that's how bubble wrap came to be the packing material that it is. Now you're wondering why I told you this fun fact, and this is what I mean by me being full of surprises because <laughs> it has nothing to do with it. Josh has been left speechless. Like if you could see this Zoom right now, listeners, <laughs> just like looks like he's about to say something. He, he just doesn't. It was stuck in the back of my throat. I couldn't, I was, I was on my way to like, what the heck? Like, I was like, what does that even matter? Like, what is, but I was like, there's gotta be a reason, but she kept talking about it. And I was like, oh, <laughs> maybe it's just a bubble wrap fact. And it so I was like, I, I got more fact. and more like, I don't know what to do with this. How has this show gone so far off the rails? <laughs> and I have another one. <laughs> do it, do After it. The bubble and wrap it, is, fact? it actually is very indicative of the way that you feel right now. So if you had to text what you were feeling in that moment it would probably be a question mark with an exclamation point right after it am i correct yeah that's pretty accurate don't worry there's a name for that and it's called an interrobang you're welcome i mean i knew that Uh, Um, uh -uh. what yeah rude okay okay but 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 why what's what's the definition of an interrobang it's the question mark with the exclamation point right behind it that you always use when you're texting. <laughs> listening, um, I have now my glasses and I'm just hands, head in my hands. Um, He's crying for a different reason. Man, I am you're welcome. Uh, um, so wait, this really doesn't. Okay, um, that's it. <laughs> so you know, I saw a TikTok the other day. It was like, how do you know, like? Someone with glasses comes home and they take their glasses off. That's like they they've seen all they need to see for the day. They're done seeing. Yeah. That You're was done seeing. Josh is not taking his Josh is not putting his glasses back on. Oh, yeah. That's, He's oh out. my goodness. So I really nothing to do with Hamilton. Just literally random fun fact today. I mean, I can connect it to Hamilton if you really want me to. I I'd rather not. Who has the time? Has I the call time? by the way, I call in Tarabang as a band name. That's my, my name. Interrobang. Yes. See? Yeah, Interrobang. See, we're just making a space for creation. That's all we're doing, just bringing yeah. in fun facts. I mean, listen, gonna make some- I said fun facts. Those were facts. They were fun. They have nothing to do with the musical, <laughs> but that is not what it says. It just says fun fact. So you did in listen, fact. So I need to tell y'all, I was giggling at myself so much when I was like, <laughs> I'm going to tell them I have fun facts. So really, <laughs> this was for y'all, but also really for me. <laughs> See, this is the difference between you and me, Audrey. Like, I color inside the lines. You're like coloring on the wallpaper over here. Uh, on the we, bubble wrap that was missing. On the bubble wrap wallpaper. Exactly. Exactly. Oh so now God. we are going to talk about Dear Theodosia. I Thank do have God. thoughts about that. Thank God. Move Good. On. Yeah. I mean, Good. 
Yeah, it, it is a gorgeous song. There is no bubble wrap on the walls on the set. No. Um, and I don't know if there is an interrobang in the script. I haven't seen the script, so it's possible. Uh, but that is I have yet the to script. be discovered. I can look. Very good. Thank you. If you could search that for me, <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> um, but one thing that I think is really fun about the texture of this song that starts right away is that we hear Leslie Odom Jr. doing what he does best, which is singing this beautifully soft, soulful, intimate song that right away, as soon as he starts singing, even when the music starts, you're like, oh, this is like a different moment, right? Because we've only seen especially Hamilton and Burr, like there've been a couple of moments when there has been some vulnerability between them, but this is vulnerability on a whole different level. And so I love that we get to see Leslie Odom Jr. We get to see Burr in a light that is completely different than we've seen him before. And I think this is a genius way. We talked last week about the fact that the song that we heard last week, what comes next? Like, we don't really need this for the show. And honestly, we don't really need this song either, but what it does is gives, it gives us a window into their humanity. And instead of putting them on these like giant pedestals and there are these statues, right? Mm. We see, oh man, like what their connection is to their children. Mm. Whether that was true in real life or not, I don't know if these men actually felt as tender toward their children as it seems that they do in this song, but I love that the writing gives us an opportunity to feel affection for both of them completely out of context with each other. So it's not a Hamilton against Burr situation at all, which is kind of one of the first times I think we saw it at Hamilton's wedding, but we mm-hmm. haven't really seen them on stage together in a way that wasn't antagonistic or comparative with each other. So I really like that. Um, From a technical standpoint, Leslie Odom Jr. is singing in falsetto a lot, which Mm -hmm. is also a texture that we haven't heard. And just a little quick dive into vocal pedagogy world. So singing in falsetto is actually a different kind of vocal production, which is fascinating. And it happens more for men than it does for women. But for what they call, I think modal singing is what I was reading is the word that they were using, but basically like what you normally hear people sing and they're like full voice, you like the entire vocal fold moves and it's all vibrating. Whereas when someone sings in falsetto, it's the, like basically the tendons on the outside of the vocal folds are the only thing that vibrates. And so it actually comes from a very relaxed place which I think is really fun when you tie that back into the fact that he's with his daughter, right? And he's mm. relaxed and mm. he's not striving and he's not like pushing. And so we see for the first time Burr in this space of really sinking into himself and like owning, man, he's not like trying to catch Hamilton. He's just sitting there in wonder at his child. And I love that. I love the opportunity to see this character in a completely different light. Um, and I think that it was really genius to write it and play so much to his strengths. Like we get to see him just crooning essentially. Yeah. And I think that what is so fascinating for me about the context of this is 
a couple of things, but mostly is that we see these two people that are such huge figures that are so humbled by fatherhood. All of their language is saying, oh man, oh wow, I I thought I was smart. I thought I knew everything. And then this tiny child comes into the picture and mm. I'm just upside down. And in yeah. seeing that connection that they have, you know, that both of them feel it's almost an, a feeling of being out of control. And I don't have kids, but I have nephews and a niece and the love I feel for them as tiny little babies and his children growing up. I can't even imagine what that will be one day when hopefully I have my own children. Mm. Yeah. I, um, I want to speak to that because yeah, I, do, please I, do. I do have a kid, mm-hmm. uh, which is why this song messes me right the heck up. Mm-hmm. Um, I have, so I, I love Hamilton. That's why we started this podcast. Cause that was the thing that I was super into and I wanted to find friends that were, um, so I've listened to it a lot and I sing a lot of the songs and, um, I drive down the road singing this song and I straight ugly cry. Um, mm. It's a thing. I'm not good at it. Cause I, I don't have, for those that know, I don't have a falsetto. I can't figure that out. So Audrey, you're going to have to help me out with that. But uh, yeah, you, ha- you haven't figured it out yet. Yeah. Um, so um, I don't <laughs> sing that part, um, but, <laughs> but man, goodness. I mean, I've always, so <clears throat> ever since I became a, a father, um, father, son stuff, or like father, kid stuff has always messed me up, but like, mm-hmm. um, the Phil, all the Philip lines just mess me up. And so like, he's like doing his little, uh, uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda fake cry thing. Uh, but I'm like doing it for real because mm-hmm. like, it's not something you can be prepared for. I know it sounds like really cliche. I'm about to hit you with a lot of those, but like, like you can't, you think you, you think you get an idea, but like you see that kid for the first time and you're like, I, I made that thing and mm. it, he, it looks like me and then you got to take care of it and keep it. They hand you it. And they're like, now yeah, keep it alive. Have fun. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it, it's, 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 it's the most rewarding thing I think I've ever done in my life. And I, my, my kid's only three, mm-hmm. but like, I just, I can't, like, I can't imagine him not being around. And so when you hear these two guys singing um, to their kids and just in, not even take out the American revolution stuff. Even that's a huge part of this song, but just two dads singing about how their kids completely like take them off guard Two men that are through the story of this musical so well put together and so, so methodical and planned and have a purpose. And they're just like, I don't even know what to do. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm undone mm-hmm. uh, by, by this little tiny human. Um, and I totally get it. Um, like it hits me and all the, the right, like feels and, uh, this one, this song messing me up. So I'm, I'm probably going to get emotional today. Um, so good luck everybody. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we've both been through it. I was like all messed up about wedding stuff and now we're at talking about children. So here we go. You're, mm-hmm. you're up, Josh. I'm up. <laughs> <laughs> I've been preparing um, three years for this. <laughs> you're ready. Um, I, I really like the simplicity of the staging. I like that. It's mm simply the two of them in a chair each in a chair with light down on them doesn't need anything more than that however i wish that there was more happening inside them <laughs> when i watch the show it, i and i don't know if this is a leslie odom junior thing or this particular performance but when i watch him i'm like what's happening? I don't, I don't see it. I hear it. I hear the like textures and I hear when I'm just listening to the song, I hear 
all of the like range of emotions, but from a performance aspect, and, and I don't need you to like signal it to me. I don't need you to like pretend to cry like you were just talking about, but what I do want is to see you like actually walking through that or see you seeing your child or mm. something. And I, I feel like I didn't experience that when I watched the Disney plus version and mm. that made me kind of sad. I was like, Oh man, I, I, I want the, the experience of watching you perform this song to match what it feels like to listen to it and and imagine what that would feel like or what it would be like to walk through that. So yeah. I don't know. What did you, did you guys have that same experience or were you, were you feeling him? So, <laughs> well, I, I think I'm a little biased cause I don't think I felt it as much as you did, but probably cause the music connects to me in a little bit of a different mm-hmm. level. Yeah. Um, I get it more out of Lynn, which is funny because I make fun of the way he's doing the fake cry thing, but I get it more of him because I feel like I love Leslie's voice but mm-hmm. I just feel like he's just looking at the audience. Um, yeah, I, I agree like, with that. Yeah, actually, in this moment, I'm like, I actually think Lynn's doing better acting than mm-hmm. Leslie. Yeah. yeah. You think I, so too? I, yeah, I think he's it, it, he came across a little detached. Um, and I don't know if that's because that was a choice, because in that in that era, like sons and fathers always have complicated relationships and i think sons and fathers always have some version of a complicated relationship because there's not that connection that you get um like by by a child being inside of you you know like Mm -hmm. when a woman when a woman is pregnant you know she has every single moment with Mm -hmm. with the child for nine months um and it's it's kind of like why i love like the opening line that he says it's like dear theodosia what to say to you what mm. what do i say what do i do um and then it's very just matter of fact like you are here you are a baby <laughs> it is it you is your exist. birthday i was about to you, say that it is your birthday <laughs> yeah you have your mother's name when you came into the world you cried and it broke my heart and then after that he kind of decide like in lyrically he decides to like commit and decides to invest Mm. um but uh, but his detachedness to me still is there um Mm -hmm. because we've only had we've only ever seen him like vulnerable a couple times like between this and wait for it when he's talking about theodosia senior um his, (laughs) his wife and uh there wasn't there wasn't that detachedness in that in that song, but that there is here. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's just an interesting moment as a person who like really loves their recording and loves the song and also having seen it performed by different people and feeling more of a connection to the performers than to, you know, see the original person you think it's, Oh, it's going to be like leveled up from what I've already experienced, but it wasn't my favorite performance of this song as far mm. as all the birds that I've seen, but mm. yeah, it's, I mean, he's obviously amazing in other ways, but I feel like in this moment and maybe it's a, maybe he doesn't want to go to that place of vulnerability personally as mm. a human being. Cause that's scary, but mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I think it's, it's a beautiful breath and we need it, especially if we're not going to be done um, with the act at this point, we need, we need a breath to, <laughs> to step into the next place that we're going. Uh, and I think this, this does the job, right. And it, it shows us a different side of these guys that 
I think is necessary, particularly knowing where we're headed in talking about Hamilton's life mm-hmm. uh, and verse, but specifically fatherhood relating to Hamilton. So uh, I know that Josh, you have some information more about Theodosia's mother and um, yes. how that connection all happened. So it's not history a history corner. I know we're going to history corner. It's, it's not... not a lovely story. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so Theodosia, um, the, the daughter is um, named after her mother. Uh, Burr lets us know that. Um, that's, that's nice of him to do that. Um, to tell us you have your mother's name because I wouldn't have assumed because like there's a there's a line that's been cut out of the play there's a different song where someone asks uh, Burr how are the Theodosias um, oh. and so we needed this line to set up that there were two of them well you kind of yeah I guess so because otherwise how would you know how would you know her name well her name well how do you know it's it's talking to the daughter or talking to the wife like well, what I'm saying, like, if this song didn't exist and he didn't tell us, um, dear Theodosia, what to say to you, you have you, you have my smile, you have your mother's name, right? Yeah. Then, you know, in the second act, when someone says, how are the Theodosias? If we didn't have that line, it would be confusing. So this is well, and wait for it. He talks about Theodosia writes him a letter every day. Um, he opens. Right. That's true. You're right. OK, yeah. Um, but I mean, you do have to make you have to do some context clues and yeah, stuff. Yeah, right. And, I just feel like it's probably him doing a little work to be like, we don't have to do that. I agree. I agree. Um, but anyway, good point. That's a valid point. But um, it turns out if we had asked how are the Theodosias, um, one of them was dead. Um, no. Was, was a bad segue into that. Um, <laughs> just one of them died. Um, I think we've talked about this on the show that both Theodosias died uh, at some point before Burr did. Um, but just, mm-hmm. um, so for reference, um, Theodosia's the girl, her mother did die. And one thing that I thought was interesting in the context of what's happening in this song, um, is he says the, the bit about, um, domestic, uh, was it domestic life was never quite my style. That mm-hmm. line is really interesting to me because when, um, the elder Theodosia died, uh, Aaron Bird took over like most of the training that. Um, her mother would have done. So a lot of the social training and social graces that normally mm. would have been done by the mother, um, he actually took over and did that. And I thought that was a really neat um, kind of moment into the person of who Aaron Burry is and who the person, like as a father to take mm-hmm. that on, because I mean, the, all these folks have money, right? So Homeboy yeah. could have just hired somebody to do it. Um, yeah. But he took it upon himself to do it. And I think that's really, really cool. Uh, little little factoid about the guy who would later murder Alexander Alexander Hamilton, but um, um spoilers, come on. <laughs> he told us in the first song. You're right. You're right. You're right. Um, Maybe you've forgotten because yeah. that was a while ago. But it was it was a, it was many moons 20, ago. Twenty was, episodes ago. Right. Um, you know what? I I kind of connect. Maybe this is an overreach, but I connected the when you smile line um, because it, here it's a, a place of like comfort and relaxation. Um, but earlier when, when Aaron Burr talked about smiles, it was about getting something out of people, talk less, smile more. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just like the idea of him being completely done in by watching a little child smile. Well, probably because I would imagine that he sees a lot of him, a lot of him in her. Mm-hmm. Um, and because like, I, I feel like a lot of smiling is done through the eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, and if he, if she has his eyes then he sees Mm -hmm. a lot in her and Mm -hmm. to see like the content smile as opposed to the smile where you need something yeah you want me to ruin that for you because most baby smiles are just gas Um, (laughs) 
yeah. They don't, they don't actually <laughs> smile until way later, but it's still like your brain doesn't know that. So you're like, oh, look, they're smiling. Yeah. Nope. They just got to poop. Um, <laughs> that's what's going on there. Um, I have to be funny here because I, I'm going to cry. Um, the you knock me out, I fall apart line. Like I feel that in, in my jellies um, when it comes to be like dealing with kids. Um, yeah. And I, I do like the, and I thought I was so smart. Cause again, these are dudes that are considered very smart for their time and, and what they're yeah. doing. And that's exactly true. Like, I don't care how smart you are. Like there's nothing that can like prepare you for that. It's only the wisdom that comes through living. Yeah. <clears throat> and I love, man, this song segues from, I think one of you guys said it a minute ago, but like this thing about like I, you, Andy was you, you're like, I, he didn't really know what to say. He's really just listing facts. Like you have your mother's name, you have my smile. But then he moves into this really deep thought about what they're actually doing by having children um, mm-hmm. in this new country. And I think that's one of the things that this song is doing that's really cool is like these this first generation of American children are not going to know what it is like to live under British rule. Um, and that is something that they have fought for um, and have now won. Yeah. And um, that's what's happening here in this song. And I think it's one of the reasons I would make the case that Audrey, you said that we don't need this song. I think we really do. Um, Mm. Because I think that idea um, is going to pull us right into the next song. Um, Like, what are we leaving behind for our children? Uh, And this is them realizing that to their children. Um, Not only that, it introduces the line, blow us all away, um, Mm. which literally is what the the motif that Philip is going to die from. Um, Mm -hmm. and incidentally, Theodosia dies as well, um, really young before her father. And so I think, I think there's a lot kind of going on with some, some things that are not like full blown motifs, but that are going to come back. Um, yeah. Going back to what you said about that, going from the surface level facts Mm -hmm. to like these really deep things. I think it's really cool that, you know, uh, I know my parents and, and like the parent and like generations before that are always trying to create a better life for their kids and like mm-hmm. their kid getting to experience something that they never did. Um, and it's really cool that they're realizing this now when they're already, when they're so young, mm-hmm. um, because you don't really, a lot of times like parents don't realize it until way, way later. And the fact that, you know, they're in their early thirties or however old or mid or mid twenties, however old they are. Yeah. They're um, babies. <laughs> however old they are. And they already realize that they're, they have this legacy that they have to pass on. Um, and it needs to be better than what they grew up with. Mm, yeah. And I, I think you're right. I think it's the weight of what they have done, man, is just like, you have to see it that way. Yeah. Um, we saw, um, uh, Alexander kind of start to realize that, um, like right before the battle, right? Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember Eliza's expecting, but at this point, we're in a whole other world. Like the the war's over, the kids are born, yeah. um, and it's like everything that we literally fought for is right here. You have yeah. like it's such a weight. Um, the baby's not just an idea now, mm-hmm. right? It yeah, is, yeah. It is physical being. I also yeah. feel like at this time, particularly for men and their children, it's it's kind of an unusual image to see these two men so enraptured by their children because mm-hmm. for so many people, for so many men in particular, it was like, I don't really have anything to do with the babies. With as the long kids. as they are yeah. male heirs, as long as I have a male heir, 
Yeah. Yeah. And then getting interested in them later when they're older and maybe they need to groom them for something. But so I like that they're kind of showing even a little bit of difference between what the British rule is. And like, we just saw (laughs) King George leave, you know, with this whole, like talk about the dynasty and making heirs and all this stuff. And, and then we see these two guys talking to their children, like imagining them in their nurseries. That's just Mm. such a different image than what we just saw with his scepter and his crown. (laughs) And I, and I, yeah, I agree. And then also these two men, like, got their own daddy things going on and so uh-huh. so to to see them fully you love to see people breaking through generational barriers um and just you know the idea that like our fathers weren't around and so we're gonna do better than that um is is pretty it's pretty impressive to see and that's why i think like there's a lot of really good character building for both of these guys mm-hmm um if you go straight into nonstop from this song it feels like alexander wasn't listening to himself mm. um but we'll not gonna we're not gonna talk about that tonight uh we're gonna talk about that in a little maybe an in-between episode between this and nonstop. but we'll talk about that at a different time but because i mean he seems like he gets it here right like Al- alexander is saying things like so okay um he this is the only thing that takes words away from alexander hamilton like he doesn't really even know how to respond um he, I want to read something that he wrote, um, actually wrote. Um, this is something he wrote to a friend. He said, you cannot imagine how entirely domestic I am growing. I lose all taste for the pursuits of ambition. I sigh for nothing but the company of my wife and my baby. Mm. The ties of duty alone or imagined duty keep me from renouncing public life altogether. It is, however, probable I may not be any longer actively engaged in it, which mm. he wasn't. But um, you know, he was after that. But man, like right. you, you, the guy got it, right? Like you see, mm-hmm. you see the dude get it. Um, and what I love about this musical and what it does with Hamilton specifically, like the character of Hamilton is he's such a like verbal powerhouse, uh, when it comes to like rhyming things. But when you, when he starts to get emotional in this show, he loses the ability to rhyme well. Mm -hmm. Um, and it happens here and it happens fully like later in the show where he doesn't even bother to rhyme because he's so emotional in a different Mm -hmm. song. But I, I just, I love that. Um, I love that you're you're that wrapped up in what's going on. There's also uh, a very Shakespearean thing to devolve mm-hmm. with the words. Like you, the less control a person, a character has, the more out of the iambic pentameter they were. So it's a, mm-hmm. it's a really interesting thing. Cause I mean, in a lot of ways that's, it's very musical, right? Like you have the, the rhythm. So to see him using that same tactic essentially here, it's, it's pretty cool. I like, mm-hmm. I like that he's, using it and adapting it to this musical rather than being like, Oh, that's a Shakespeare thing. I don't really know how I can. Use <laughs> right. it. He's like, nah, I got it. <laughs> Come on, Billy. <laughs> I mean, you could make the argument that like, it's not a song that requires, you know, verbal gymnastics, but at the same time, I think it really does communicate something important about this person who doesn't know how to quit that. Like there are points where he's kind of brought, brought down to a different level um, where he has to, he has to bring it down. And I think that's what's happening here. I think it's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's kind of sad for me. Um, but the, the line, I'll make the world safe and sound for you. Um, I mean, these lines are pretty ironic. Philip dies, um, you know, in a duel and Theodosia dies actually in a shipwreck on the way to see her father. Mm. Um, and so both of these guys end up outliving their children 
And so it's kind of a sad thing to think of this song where they're singing to these kids about how we're going to make this world safe for you and a better place for you. And, and they did, they did ultimately make it a better place, but even in the end, you can't make it safe. Um, and their kids are, are ultimately not. Um, but we do get a little insight into who these guys are as, uh, as far as how they feel about their children. And that's, I mean, this, obviously I really like the song. And so I think all those are, those are not like technical reasons, but like, I get it from an emotional level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm, that's it. That's what I got. Cool. Um, yeah. I, I needed this song listening to it today. Um, just, you know, sometimes you just need some like calm peacefulness um, and just like a good, like a good, like um, emotional, like authentic, vulnerable song to just mm-hmm. make your day just kind of, it's just kind of like a sigh of relief. Um, and this song like i hear it and at first i hear like sarah Bareilles. i hear ben folds which is ironic because mm. both of them covered it um and i'd argue that the ben folds and regina specter version that's on the hamilton remix is better than the original mm. um i i just there's just something about their voices i think it's because i'm i connect i've connected to them prior sure um, mm-hmm. and so there's already that uh entrance into it for me um it has and it has a little bit of like a folk-like quality um one of the songs that um alex lackamore put on like an homage list was um a decemberist song called june hymn and you can really hear it Mm -hmm. um you listen to it you can hear the it's not it's not like oh gosh they should sue them and like prepare for your day in court but you're like yeah i get this yeah um um, also, unfortunately, it sounds a little bit like "Hey There, Delilah." <laughs> oh, that and and like in the show notes, I wrote "Shutter," which is what <laughs> I did when I was like, "Oh, that sounds like Hey There, Delilah," because I'd be okay if I never hear that song in my life again. Um, Strong point of view. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's what it does to me. It makes you shudder. You don't want it. I love that you did actually shudder. You like wrote <sighs> some, act- some action notes for yourself just to make your. Point. Yes. Right. Well, Audrey um, did say she wanted better acting, so thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Andy's bringing it, <laughs> bringing his A game. Yep. I'm not a Tony Award winner, but I can I can do it. Some things. <laughs> Most um, people aren't <laughs> Tony truth. Award winners. <laughs> truth. Um, it's a new parent song, which I feel like there's a ton. Um, do you guys have any favorites off the top of your head? Love like new parent songs. Um, I don't. Not new parents, but I feel like every Cat Stevens song is about parenting <laughs> and that Stevie really wonder that really is because i know two cat stevens songs and they're both about parenting <laughs> <laughs> isn't uh, isn't she lovely yes it is so good um i hope you dance oh yeah womack um, leanne womack mm, we're throwing it back yeah and we got a beautiful boy by john lennon that's a good oh, one yeah um and there's a ton of others. What's um, the one about? Oh, that's not a new parent song. I was like, there's a John Mayer song, but that's not like a new parent song. It's just a, more of a parenting song. Daughters. Yeah. Oh, the the one about daddy issues. Yeah. About, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, girl, dads be good to your daughters because if they don't, they're gonna grow up with daddy issues. Hey, yeah. I mean, he's not wrong. Um, he is not. He's not wrong. I just think um, it's funny that like I can't think of a new parent song because I'm. I guess I'm just out of that space. Everything I think of is like parenting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you got like butterfly kisses if you want to go in down that road. I don't want to because I don't even know. Like, can't even imagine. <laughs> Walk me down. Oh gosh. 
I could sing like half of it right now. Um, <laughs> Please don't. But I, my favorite is um, a Ben Folds song called Still Fighting It. Mm. Um, it's so good. Uh, he's written a couple songs about his kids, but the line that sticks with me from that song is says, um, you're so much like me, I'm sorry. Mm. And Ouch. it's just like, it's like that painful realization of holy crap, this kid's like me. And then it's inheriting all my best features and, and the worst ones. And the worst mm-hmm. ones. Um, and it's just so true. Um, the entire song is performed with all these intimate instruments. Mm-hmm. Um, these these hand plucked or hand played instruments. There's mm-hmm. not there's not beats. There's not um, there's not any like computerized things. They're it's piano, all very acoustic sounding. Piano strings. I think mm-hmm. I heard a harp and maybe like a classical guitar. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just like there's a personal touch to those instruments. Uh, and it kind of supports all of the lyrical stuff that Lin-Manuel's doing here. Um, yeah, I, the some of the lines that stood out to me, um, I just love someday, someday. You know, he's just, mm-hmm. after all of these words, and they're, they're using a lot of words to describe what is their, what's going through their heads and their minds. And then in, in the chorus, they just go, someday someday Mm -hmm. and it Mm -hmm. just it's just this quiet moment to have everything they're hoping for just to be left unsaid Mm. yeah they're just dreaming for their kids you know having that moment of dreaming for them which is really beautiful yeah um the other one i like uh you outshine the sun my son Mm -hmm. um nice use of a homophone um and it just shows you that they that their their lives revolve around Philip and Theodosia, just like the Earth revolves around the Sun. Mm. You know what? I think there's a fun Sun reference there too, because later they're going to say something about um, him being an Icarus and he flew too close to the Sun. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah. Some cool, like some stuff going there. I mean, obviously, it's more about like doing the Sun with Sun thing, but I mean, it is kind of an interesting idea of him eventually flying too close to the sun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another line I love, I'll do whatever it takes. I'll make a million mistakes. Um, it's, it's kind of a realistic thing. And like, you know, you've, you're the passion that they have for their son and daughter, but also realizing that there's going, they're going to have to, they're basically asking for grace from their kids. Mm-hmm. Like, listen, I'm going to mess up, but I'm doing it for the best intentions, but you know, the more I listened to it, it, it kind of, that was the first thing I got. But after that, I, I, after that, when I dug a little deeper, I realized that there was, there's so many similarities between Burr and Hamilton um, and their feelings towards each other and towards their kids, but their worlds apart and how they handle it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'll do whatever it takes is what Hamilton says. And he's just, he's like, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll do whatever it takes. I'll say everything. I'll say the shocking thing if it needs to be said. Um, and then Burr says, I'll make a million mistakes, which probably are going to be a lot of inaction or saying things when he finally striking when the, when the iron is maybe a little too hot and maybe he should let it cool down. Mm. Um, and so that's, that's a pretty interesting, um, thing that i liked uh the last thing i wanted to say was the we'll bleed and fight for you line Hmm. um you know hamilton earlier like criticizes burr for having 
no beliefs or for like not what what are you going to die for or what are you going to fall stand for, for mm-hmm. yeah what are you going to stand for um but his daughter is the one thing that ultimately he does mm-hmm. and his wife like he he really was like no i want her like i'm gonna wait until she's done with that british officer and yeah this is it's interesting that family is kind of the thing that burr becomes very serious about yeah as far as being able to stand his ground and wanting to protect it yeah <laughs> i like so that good. beautiful this song is beautiful i love it it, so it really is. is it is beautiful i haven't even cried once the last i do have one more thing i oh, thought okay. it was crazy i know i know you were all ready for the favorite line um how was not <laughs> <laughs> um i like how lin-manuel gets the harmony you have you have a beautiful crooner um at the at the end and you have Lin Manuel and Lin Manuel gets the harmony in the in the performance. Mm. She's kind of like, really? Wait, you mean he gets the melody? No, I thought he gets the harmony. When I, when they're singing together? When they're singing together. Yeah, no, I think I think Am I, think, I wrong? I think Hamilton's singing the melody there. Yeah. Oh, well then never mind then. <laughs> Which is even but that's even funnier though that he's the one like singing them like the primary part and yeah. this person who's like a singer is like lightly backing I think, up and singing harmony. So I will say this, I get confused listening to the recording. Mm-hmm. Not the Disney Plus, but when I listen to the recording, I get confused about who's where. Um, I constantly am singing like in and out of the melody and harmony there because I'm trying to follow one person's part. So in your defense, Andy, um, I'm not entirely convinced that you might not have just been confused at the ending of the recording version. It's it's Um, definitely tough to hear, especially in the Disney plus version. I think that's since that was the last part, last thing I heard it. Confused. See, me. I felt like I, I felt like I understood it more there because I was able to look at them. Um, uh-huh. I think so. I think that's that was for me. So it's interesting though. But I mean, listen, I, I'm yeah, I, I get confused there too. <laughs> yeah. Well, which speaks to they actually, especially for someone who is like a singer and someone who is not, they blend really well together. Their blend at the very end was incredible. Yeah. Um, and and especially in that live version, because you know you can you can make something anything sound good, on on like <laughs> absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was gonna mention was it? I was watching something the other day with uh, Lin Manuel Lin Manuel Miranda singing on it. And I was like, oh man, he's really good. But it's in a studio, that's why. Um, he's he's. I mean, he's really not good. a bad singer. He's a, no, he's no. a good singer. Yeah, well, he's not Broadway quality I, so he's not jazz standard quality here's the deal i don't think ben folds is a good singer right but he's no, like he's not. but he's a good musician so i, I think there's there's a difference um and I'm, and when i say musician i don't just mean someone that plays an, an instrument i just mean someone that makes the music right yeah mm-hmm. um i think there's there's a place for that i just you can you can tell a difference you put him in a studio my point was so I, there's this mashup where he sings a song with ben platt and he sounds amazing in it and he's, sit, yeah. he's next to ben platt like he sounds amazing right so i mean like but he's in a studio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You also have to imagine that Lin Manuel, between, you know, between in the heights and now, he's taken a few voice lessons and his voice has improved um, because he's been doing professional things for so long. Yeah. Um, that I mean, he's just been the working use of with it. better and better people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, his voice is definitely stronger. It's just like you put him next to the other like Broadway quality vocalist and you're like, 
<laughs> one of these things is not like the other things, that's but cute. that's okay. <laughs> I mean, but he wrote the dang thing. So he like, did, right? it's like, yeah, yes. And I always, he conceived of and created this. So. I always go back to his idea that like, I was going to play Hamilton or Burr. I'm like, Oh God, I'm so glad you ended up with you. As Hamilton. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he's great at it. And he wrote yeah. it to his strengths. Like he, mm-hmm. he rarely sings right. in this musical. So mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's how it was written originally, right? But so he had like just the idea that he might have thought that he was gonna that's just funny to me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. like, I'm sorry, sir. Did you read did you read what you wrote for Aaron Burr to sing? Um, <laughs> yeah. Did you handle the music of that or is that an Alex thing? <laughs> and then he looked at it and he's like, Oh, I can't sing this. Oh, just no. kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> just kidding, my guy. You got this. Yeah. Take yeah. it away, Leslie. Just uh, kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I think we score now, actually. Yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah. we got to do. Yeah, no, no, we do no, the line. Best, best line and who won? Best line, and then who won? And then a score. Oh, we do the score last. Yes. Yeah, yeah. like this is my first time. I know, right? It's like your twenty second. <laughs> Here I am. Okay, so I the line that I like the most is when you smile, you knock me out, I fall apart. Mm. That idea of being knocked out by a smile, like just having the breath taken out of you, just helpless. And I love that image. And I I love hearing it from the vantage point of a father saying that to their child. Like how beautiful to say, wow, I, I have so much power in so many other ways. And the simplicity of my child, like the power they have over me literally makes me like lose control. I, I don't know how to be in control of this moment. I love it. I love that imagery. Mm. So good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it me or is it Andy? I'm sorry. It's you. Josh. You trying right. to decide which one? No, I had already found it, but I, oh. I, I got distracted by it. <laughs> by your line. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's, it's the very beginning. Um, when you came into the world, you cried and it broke my heart. Um, and just cause they do, they do, if they're healthy, right. They cry pretty right. immediately. Um, I remember my son crying literally immediately. Um, and it's just the most, I've never felt anything like it. It's overwhelming. Cause you know, it's not a sad cry. Um, because even like, I feel like even then, like you could, like you, it's not sad. Like it doesn't sound sad. It just sounds like a kid making noise, but like the weight of what, the tears that kid will cry. Right. And that you don't, you will not be able to always fix that. Um, mm-hmm. cause you can't, you can't in that moment either. First of all, they're gross. No one wants to touch that. Um, <laughs> but, uh, second of all, um, you know, there's nothing you can do. It's just a natural response. And, and I think the realization in that moment of like, yeah, I'm not gonna be able to fix everything. And ultimately these guys can't, we talked about that already. Um, and it's, so it breaks your heart in that way, but it is, it also breaks your heart a little bit because like, I'm gonna tell you, man, you get, you have a kid and you're like, oh crap, like I have to feel feelings all the time now. Like I'm never going to not feel feelings uh, uh-huh. for for another person. And it's tough because like you have to move into a different headspace. Um, and so I don't know if that's exactly what he's trying to say, but I do, I am interested. There's not a lot of clarification on what the line, it broke my heart is there other than she, his child is crying, right? So mm-hmm. we have to do all the, we have to do all the inferences there. Um, and I know from experience, there's a lot of emo- emotions there. So that's, that's the line I really like the most. Yeah, man, y'all pick some good ones. Uh, the one that I love the most is uh, you'll blow us all away someday. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Just the hope in it. 
and the the pride that that is coming from these fathers lips um and these guys are i imagine are guys that are not easily impressed um and just the fact of them existing is is like yeah this this is this is amazing um this is this person is going to be amazing and they're going to blow us all away someday um and that there's not like really you know my experience with my family my parents are like it doesn't necessarily matter what what you do um like it's just the fact of who you are um that why we're so impressed by you and in awe of you Mm. um and i just love that line and what that means yeah Mm. that's really beautiful i love that like it is who you are. And, and obviously these kids haven't done anything yet. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, they've literally done nothing, no. nothing. And already they're so like loved. It's mm-hmm. really, it's really gorgeous. And now we all going to cry. Now we're all going to cry. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, so who won? Us? I don't, the children, I don't. <laughs> the no. children. The children for the children. You know, I want to, I want to, I want to take a hot take here. I don't think anybody wins because it's not a competition. I think, I think we brought that up already. Like this is, this is a point in the musical where these two guys are not at odds. They are definitely peers. Uh, And so that's my hot take is I don't think anybody wins because I don't think it's even a competition. I'm going to make that hot take a hotter take by adding my flame to your flame and saying, (laughs) yeah, I agree. (laughs) You're welcome. I told you I was in the mood today. A weird energy. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I'm going to have to say, uh, I do have a winner. I think it's Aaron Burr. Because um, he can actually I, sing. Just kidding. No, <laughs> no. Just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> um, I think it's Aaron because you you see a vulnerability in both of them. And it's not, like you said, it's not a competition. But it always means more from the person you see less emotion out of. Um, at least in my in my thing, in my experience, like the person that you never see cry, crying is like mm-hmm. the weirdest thing. Um, or the person who never gives you a compliment, giving you a compliment is like ah. way more held like to you as opposed to the person that's always like, y'all, y'all were so good. Y'all were <laughs> so good. And so we see this vulnerability with, with Burr. We saw a little bit of it and wait for it, but ultimately it became something about Hamilton. Um, and this is just about his kid and it's purely selfless um so i think i gotta hand it to burr all right a hot take away from the hotter take yep (laughs) so i'm gonna score this song i'm still trying to decide but i think it's i'm gonna score it a nine nine i think a nine because it is why yeah he he wants to know i'd love Uh, to know i think I think I scored a nine that high because because of the opportunity to see another side of these guys and and like you were saying that it lays the groundwork for the this concept of legacy like concretely right like they've been mm-hmm. talking about it already but now there's a physical manifestation of the reason for being obsessed with their legacy. And so much of that has to do with their kids and what people are going to say about them when they're gone. And I really, I think this song is beautiful. Like it's really well written. And I think the harmonies are really nice. And for me, seeing two guys sing 
a duet is kind of unusual musical theater, particularly one where they're not at odds with each other. So I am thankful for that sort of different image that we get to see that Hamilton is showing up, the musical is showing up in another way of doing something that's different than what people normally see on stage. You don't see male uh, duets normal anywhere. Yeah. Um, Like off the top of my head, I can think of um, Wham!, (laughs) Um, you better wake me up before you go go. i was thinking careless whisper but you know which andy and i once duetted we did um it was awesome and it was awesome and i think of uh the girl is mine with michael jackson and paul mccartney um and then i mean i really think that's i can't think of any others off the top of my head at least and because it is such an intimate thing to duet with someone mm-hmm. um, and to sing together and a lot of times people can't handle it they don't know what to do yep don't know mm-hmm. what to do with it um i too am going to give it a nine um all right yep i thought about going higher but i think nine is appropriate um so what prevents it from 10 for both of you um because while I think that it's beautiful and I actually do think it's important, important is what gave it a nine for me. Yeah. Um, I just don't, I don't know that I would put it that high. I think my bar for 10 is higher than this song, even though I do really, really like it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't, it doesn't, it establishes things about their characters, but it doesn't really do any of the lifting for the story necessarily. Yeah. We already, we already knew about the kids and yeah. so that it doesn't really bring any new information except for like seeing another side of these characters and um, which I think is important, but I don't yeah. think it's actually moving the story forward in a direct way. Hmm. Um, so that keeps it from a 10 for me. And I think that's the only reason why I uh, also, honestly, Leslie Odom Jr.'s performance acting wise, I'm like, ooh. I need, I need more <laughs> vocally. Yeah. Like you're giving it to me, but I need, I need to see things happening behind your eyes for me to really give it a 10. Yeah. I think I, I I'll also, I'm also going to give it a nine um, for a lot of those reasons. I just, I'm, I'm, I think of like what I've given a 10 mm-hmm. and like, I think a 10 either does heavy lifting plot wise while also and i think it also adds like gives some characterization while doing moving plot forward um or does something really creative musically or lyrically mm-hmm. um and it this is a beautiful simple vulnerable song mm-hmm. and that that is all it needs to be um, right and and so i i do think it's it's definitely a a great a great example of all the things that it does um and does does them well um but i think it falls short of a 10 for me as well mm. see when you said that i thought you were going to be like oh i was going to give it a 10 why don't you guys give it a nine you were just shocked that we all agreed is that i curious just, i'm always curious of like what prevents something from being that score especially when we're so close to it mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. that's like, what's point. the thing that is like what's knocking it down yeah. just just a I little bit because I even thought about like 9.25, but I couldn't even do that. So I would have to, I would have had to give it like an in-between because I do think it's good. I think it's really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just, I just think there's so much better. 
like I think I would I would give what's what's funny is I would give the cover version of Regina Spector and Ben Foles like a nine and a half mm-hmm. because it does better it does better of conveying the emotion. Well, and it it is that type of song. So honestly, mm-hmm. it fits better with their voices because it is it it's basically is a song yeah. that they would write. Because the whole because this whole musical is them trying to do different types of things and they're succeeding in the large part, but like when it's in your wheelhouse. Um, like nobody does Jay-Z better than Jay-Z or right. or Eminem or Beyonce. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the reasons that like American Idiot is weird uh, as a stage production to me. Because like it's a rock album. I know it's a, like a rock opera, but still. Well, I have a story. I have a slight story that's similar to that. Um, one of my favorite movies is called Sing Street. It's by the guy who wrote and directed Once um, mm, and so Beginning, good. which are incredible movies and plays. Um, Sing Street. Sing Street is a music, a movie musical about um, a boy coming of age in 1980s Dublin, um, and he lo- loves music. They've adapted it into a Broadway show that was supposed to happen last year, um, and they brought out the cast album, and I love the music in it, but it's not the same. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, like, I wanted it to be amazing. Like, I, I love, there's this one song called Up that I love, and mm. the, the song on the cast album is just not as good as the movie. Um, so it's a bummer. Yeah, it's the same thing as American Idiot. It's just like you. It's just not them. Well, yeah, I just feel like like Green Day is real specific. It's that's what's supposed to sound like, and yep. it's the reason I don't think I want to see because in their stage production of Once as well, like yes, yeah, yes. it's incredible. But it's, it's so good. It's it's so more. good. It's yeah. more. I guess yeah. I, I would. I'd have a hard time. I'm, you, you're probably right, but I have a hard time believing it because. I know that that movie was such a big deal of getting those those two to do their parts because they couldn't find anybody to kind of handle those songs the way they would. So I don't know. I'll give it a shot. I love Once. Once is like up there. I mean, I like ugly cried through that musical. It mm. is so good. It is a beautiful example of a great adaptation of taking like the essence of what is good about another medium and doing it in a different way but like the ensemble they all play it's like they're on stage the whole time it's 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 so good like it's a genius adaptation audrey did we did you watch did we watch once like together for the first time is that yep yeah so we we, we worked together a summer just for the, the people out there um audrey and i worked together one summer uh as like a college intern thing and we we all got together one day and watched once mm-hmm. um and i think i bought it right after that. i love that movie but i was i was thinking i was like I wonder, I know that was the first time I saw it. I was like, I wonder if that was the first time Audrey saw it. Oh um, yeah. And it was like Madur was like on a mission. He wanted yeah. everybody to see it. He loved so, it so, so much. He was because it was, yeah. A good, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a good movie. Good movie. Watch once if you have it. I was actually just listening to once the other day. Um, the, the album of the movie. So mm-hmm. I'll, I'll check out, I'll check out the stage production whenever yeah. I can. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when, when stages are open. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And they're open um, again one day. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Someday, right. someday. So that was Theodosia. That was Dear Theodosia. Dear Theodosia. And um, yeah, so here's what here's what we're gonna do. Um, I think we're gonna we're just gonna call it here and say that this is what we're gonna do. There's an in-between song um uh, between if you watch the Disney Plus version, if you've been listening to just the album, um, you won't have this because there are parts that they left out of the 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 cast recording because the Lynn wanted you to experience it on the stage, but because a lot of people can't experience it on the stage right now, because again, no stages, 
Um, mm-hmm. Well, there's stages. They exist. They're just not open. They're just empty. Um, they're just very empty. Um, he, he, you know, it's on the Disney Plus version that, that they released. And so most people have seen it now, but there, uh, there's a moment in this musical that does not exist. Um, it's not necessarily a song either. There's no singing in it. Um, but it is a segue into the next song. And so I think we're going to handle that in maybe like a mini, mini episode. So uh, whenever the next time we release episodes, theoretically, there will be two, uh, one really short one. And then the actual next song, which is nonstop, which is Boop. the, the, uh, the, inter- the, what will be the song? It's not it's the end of act one. Yeah. Right. But is there a name for that? Like a, just other than the end of act one. Is that- yeah, that's, that's okay. <laughs> so I was like, cause there's an intermission, but like, it's not like, that's not, I mean, act one finale, I guess. Sure. The end of act one. Um, and yeah, it's, yeah, it's good. And it's, it's long. So buckle up. Yeah. Um, but it's one of my favorites. And so I'm excited to talk about that song. I hope you guys are too. Yeah. Um, we've had a blast. Sweet. Do all the podcast things and uh, we'll see you guys next time. Yeah. Bye. See ya. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Raise a Mic podcast. If you're still here, we know you're a Hamill fan like us, and we want to invite you to become part of the show. You can send us your fun takes on the songs coming up by shooting us an email to raiseamike at gmail.com. If you're using the Anchor app, you can actually leave us a voice memo, and we may use that in the show. Like we said, go ahead and subscribe, review, and rate the podcast because it really does help us rise up those ranks. And make sure to share this podcast with all your Hamilton-loving friends. Until we see you again, we thank you for stopping by and listening to us rant about this musical that we all love so much. Till we meet again, raise a mic, everybody.